if you are sitting at home listening to this and you think, I would love to live somewhere else, I'd love to have that adventure, then you are in the right place. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Sideways Life podcast. I am Al. I'm Leanne. And we, this is pertinent to this particular episode because we are a married couple who have been traveling since 2013, is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 44 countries, 168 stops, over 105 Airbnbs. We say this not to show off but because we know what we're talking about. We've been thinking about it. It's January. You, listener, you, if you're listening to this, are either on this journey, you are now a, mm-hmm. an expat or a nomad or you're traveling, or you want to be on this journey. Now, if you want to be on it and you are sitting at your, in your home and you're thinking, how can I live this kind of life? This, this is the episode or this episode is part one of three for you. So our plan is we've tentatively called it 90 days to nomadism, 50 days to freedom. We don't really know what we're going to call it. But the idea is that we are going to help you to go from sitting on your sofa in your house watching some shit TV to sitting on a beach stroke cafe somewhere uh, living the life that you've always wanted to live. Well, that sounds nice. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, January in Europe, wherever you are, unless you're very southern Greece or very southern Spain, is never brilliant. Mm. But still. Um, you, if if you're fit, I'm, I'm talking a lot here, and because I'm trying to set it up, I think. But what I'm trying to say is that if you are sitting at home listening to this, and you think I would love to live somewhere else, even if it's for a couple of years, we're not talking about long holidays here. We're talking about for a couple of years. I'd love to have that adventure. Then you are in the right place because we've mm-hmm. got a three-parter that is going to be right up your mother trucking street and i think as well january is full like you look at social media for like a second and you're you're hitting the face with like motivational quotes and you can change your life and the only thing stopping you is you and it's like fuck off there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of other factors that i need to think about mm-hmm. before i change my life thank you mm-hmm. So I think this is maybe an attempt to give you a more practical guide, staying on our theme after our our chat with, with Audrey last week, is actually like, no, how do you do this? How do I do this? Mm-hmm. So tell me I can, I know I can, but how? Mm-hmm. That is, that's the money question now. Exactly. And I think that social media is a lot to answer for, for a lot of things. But one of the worst things I don't like about social media is if you jump on TikTok or Instagram, whatever, you see these 20-somethings in bikinis or uh, little swim shorts. They're perfectly toned. They're jumping into pools. Um, and it's like, well, <laughs> that's not a realistic way of living your life abroad. That's potential. Well, no, I think it's a realistic way of living your life abroad when you're in your early 20s. Fair enough. I mean, good for you. Crack on, excellent. If you, if you, Instagram person who's projecting this wonderful life in a bikini, turn that into a long-term lifestyle, hooray for you. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, we didn't start this lifestyle in our early 20s. And I don't think the majority of people that are listening to us are in their early 20s. Those no. who are, hi, Welcome. Hello. Why Hello. you listen to us? We're really freaking old. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
but yeah, there's there's other there's other there's lots more variables as you start to get into your late twenties, thirties, and forties. There's more to think about, right? Absolutely. And so, I mean, there's the obvious one of kids and stuff, and it doesn't matter whether you have kids or not. We don't, and no plans to. Um, but it's just we're going to go through these three parts. Let me just d- disclose the three parts. So, part one, which is today is the why. Now, it's weird because most people who start off thinking I want to live abroad start with the where, and we did. Mm. We were like, oh, Gibraltar, that's where we're going to live. We ended up not going to Gibraltar. Um, we went very close, but not Gibraltar for financial reasons because it's fucking expensive. <laughs> um, but um, so we started with the where. Now, what? We are now nine years down the line, and we know that actually you should start with the why. So this episode is all about the why. Then we'll be talking in part two about the how. Again, still not touching the where, because the how is the most important bit. To have a sustainable life, you need to be able to earn money, um, develop friends, um, not get to the point where you're so depressed because you can't see anyone uh, or not fall out with your partner if you are traveling with a partner etc 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 and then the third time the third part is the fun bit the where so we're doing why how and where those are our three parts nice i like that yeah i'm quite pleased with that you should be (laughs) consider a career marketing (laughs) for context i that's what i do for a living in marketing Um, So, let's just start and say that if your plan is to follow the Instagram influencers and go off and essentially fund your life by diving into pools in tiny little bits of tiny bikinis, good for you. And good luck to you because that market is saturated, my friend. (laughs) What you'll see, what you'll notice now is the pushback, massive pushback from people um, who are going, oh, I will come to your hotel and I want to stay for free, but I will promote you on my Instagram account. It's like hotels are now wise to this back five years ago you probably could have blagged yourself a couple of deals but not now hotels are going fuck off because (laughs) i mean we've got six thousand followers on instagram nearly Um, oh we just just give us if you're not following give us a follow come on we're about 65 away that'd be nice (laughs) (laughs) but but we still don't get free shit, and we try it. No, <laughs> we, we do to, try it. We do, <laughs> but we, it doesn't work. We go. We did. We did a couple of times in Far East. We got uh, back about 15, 16 months ago, maybe a bit longer, and we ended up getting some free stuff. And uh, we don't know whether that's because of, they spotted that we were on Instagram, got a number of followers or not. I don't know. But this is a tough life, a real tough life. And in fact, I would argue that it's it is probably easier to build a freelance career than it is to build an influence career. I feel we're getting off topic, though. Bring me back. That to sounds to- like the how. Al. Bring me back to the topic. <laughs> we're talking about the why. We are. So we made a couple of notes before um, because we don't just throw this shit together, guys. It might sound like we do, but we really <laughs> don't. <laughs> Full disclosure: we we did have a couple of gin and tonics, and we were like, "Yeah, okay, so tonight's gonna be a nice, easy night." And then I was like, "Should we just go and do this uh, this podcast?" And we're like, "Oh shit, okay, yeah, yeah, a couple of coffees, sober us up." So, Leah, talk to me. We decided before we think there's only two reasons why you might want mm. to live or work abroad. Mm-hmm. Elaborate, please, my beautiful wife. I do believe there are two broad reasons that you move abroad, or rather, two important questions you need to ask yourself if you are considering a move abroad. And the first question is, what am I running away from? Mm. 
And the second question is, what am I running towards? Mm-hmm. Now, see now. <laughs> <laughs> that first question. Sorry, whenever one of the answers see now is basically means I'm going to screw you. <laughs> I am going to. I'm going to teach you some stuff. <laughs> Sit down, listen. I've got yeah. something to say. <laughs> STFU. But no, I think that first question, what are you running away from? And that's quite a hard question to ask yourself. Honestly, ask yourself. And I'm talking about sitting down with a piece of paper, two columns. What am I running away from? What am I running towards? And write down the reasons. And there may be reasons you're running away. And if there are reasons you're running away, you need to really, really consider how those aspects of your life are really truly going to change or be impacted by moving abroad. For example, if you are running away from a breakup or a significant life event or you're just really unhappy with the life that you're living, my fear would be that that ain't going to change. And you've said this before, Al, that people talk about, you know, I moved abroad and the only thing that changed was a view outside my window. And I think it's, if you're not on top of that, if you're not resolving those significant things, moving abroad ain't necessarily going to fix it. Totally agree. Um, I mean, so let's just say, let's look at the major things. So um, a death of a parent or a friend or something Mm -hmm. is probably a catalyst for moving abroad, a breakup. Um, maybe being made redundant. Um, maybe there's lots of just major life events that mm-hmm. if that will be you go fuck it. I want what we call an etch a sketch moment. You know, well I say you know those of you in twenties won't have a clue what an etch a sketch is, mm-hmm. but those of you who are nearer fifty like me will know an etch a sketch used to be a little toy that you'd play and you'd shake it to start again. And we talk about etch a sketching your life. We shake it all up and just start again. And I think that if in your back of your mind, if you ask yourself. What are you looking for? And you're, and something subconsciously tells you it's a fresh start. That is a warning sign. Fresh start is hard to find. It's hard to find. You bring That's that baggage with you, literally and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, we have encountered both scenarios. We didn't, as we've talked about before, we didn't feel like we were running away from our life in Manchester. We loved our life in Manchester. Mm-hmm. But we have met people along our expat nomad journey who have run away from things, who have run away from breakups, from serious life events, from general shifts. And it's gone one of two ways, right? One, it goes horribly wrong and mm-hmm. they go home within six to 12 months. Or two, it gives them the clarity and the headspace and the physical space to actually deal with that issue more effectively. And I, I I, have a feeling, and I've not been through it, so I don't know, but I have a feeling that, that a person who is self-aware, who really sits down and thinks about it, makes a, a decision to be self-aware, will be able to figure out which one is more likely. For example, if this is kind of a plaster situation, or, well, our marriage is a bit strained, but we'll be happy when we move abroad, will you really? Because you're only changing your location. Whereas if you're actually thinking more like, I want headspace, I want physical distance to, 
and a change, a change is as good as a rest and all that, to, to think about these things, then maybe it will work. But I think either way, it's essential if you've got something like that in your running away from column, you need to really consider what are the possible outcomes of this. And if you want a positive outcome, how you're going to try and facilitate that because it ain't just going to happen. Absolutely. And I think that what Leanne touched on there was a couple of really, really important things. If you're moving away on your own, well, there's, there's, there's only, I think there's only going to be three scenarios. You move away on your own, you move away with a partner or husband or wife or whatever, and you move away with a family, husband, wife, children, whatever. Now, the thing to consider if you are moving away on your own is that it's fucking lonely living in a different country when you don't really speak the language. And there's probably a very small percentage of people who move to countries where they do speak the language. Of course there are. And they're amazing and they just get on. But if you are speaking English in a foreign language, then you are restricted to A, locals who will happily speak English to you. And of course, that's got its other problems because you can't necessarily go out in your, in your home country, you go out and you have banter or whatever. If someone is speaking English to you in a different country and it's not their native language, the banter side is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if they're out with their friends, then they're going to have to sit next to you and translate all the time and you're going to be a pain in their ass. So I think what I'm trying to say is that don't imagine for a second that you're going to move to a different country and suddenly make all these friends. What's more likely is you move to a different country and you will have far fewer friends than you had in the U- in, well, I say the UK because we're from the UK, <laughs> but in your home country. How, is that unfair? No, I don't think it is. But I think it's it's whether you're moving abroad or moving to a place, even in your your home country, you're starting again. You're starting from scratch and you're replacing those long-established relationships. It's hard. It takes time and... One, it's finding the right person, then allowing the time to build that relationship. That is not going to happen. It's just, it's not going to happen quickly. And I think it's, if you're running away, and it's fine to run away. Sometimes you need to just put distance between you and that, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But maybe you're just looking at like an extended holiday, a long-term trip somewhere, or even in your in your home country, it's absolutely fine to say I need space, but to completely overhaul every aspect of your life to give you that space is a risk. And it's one we've seen it pay off and we've seen it not. But I think if you are sitting there thinking this is a reason I want to move abroad because I want some space from this situation that's going on, just consider how you can get that space without really kind of making drastic decisions about every aspect of your life. Absolutely. So that's scenario one, that you are on your own. Scenario number two is that you are moving abroad with a partner. No kids. Scenario three is with kids. This is equally fraught. Mm -hmm. Because if you're moving abroad, and, and Leanne, please butt in, if you're moving oh, ab- I will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> if you're moving abroad with a partner, then you cease to become husband, wife, husband, husband, wife, wife, whatever your situation is. You cease to become that and you start to become everything mm-hmm. to each other. You have to be the person, you have to be a colleague because there'll be things happening in their work that they'll be just want to bitch to you about. Then you have to be their drinking partner if you drink or their 
walking partner or whatever it is that you do, their gym partner, then also you have to be a wife or husband or partner or whatever it is in that terms. Um, and then also you're going to be spending probably 23.5 hours a day with this person for a long concerted period of time. Mm -hmm. And then when you do go out and meet other people, then you've got to be careful that you don't come across as, you know, like a, a dominant, one of those dominant, one of them's, you know, not dominant. You've got to, you can't suffocate. And with that also, which I've only discovered, I think we've only discovered last maybe 12 months, is understand your dynamic as a partnership. Mm. Because we've had people that we've met other couples who have said to us, oh, I'm so glad you're not like a mood sucker or you're not like, you don't split us off and conquer. And, and it's like, mm. is that a thing? Is that something that happens? Like I'd never considered how we interact and what that looks like. But it's, you meet new people as a couple, you are judged as a couple. Mm. And if, you, if you're not confident, even if you don't know what you are, if you're not confident in what that is, that raises questions. <laughs> It really does. And in terms of what Leanne was talking about there was that we found, particularly abroad, and I don't know whether it's just because we're meeting a lot more new people abroad than we would be back in the UK in our home country. Um, but we found a lot of people who will, if you go and meet with another couple, is that they're almost competing to talk over each other. And then when one of them, when you listen to one of them and they hone in on you and lock their radar mm. on you, they continue a conversation while the other one continues the conversation with the other person. And you end up sitting there like a proper knobhead because I'm having a conversation with person A of this relationship. The answer of a conversation with person B of this relationship and no longer are we talking as a table or as, a, as like a foursome. We're talking like just two conversations that happen to be sitting next to each other. So that's the sort of divide and conquer. The other thing is that what often we find with um, couples abroad is that I, I, I'm trying not to shit on this idea, but you often find that there's one person who kind of feels quite resentful to the other and almost like pulls Ooh, them really? down. Oh, really? I've noticed Go it. on, go on, I'm interested. <laughs> I've noticed it quite a lot in quite a few people we've met, particularly abroad, where um, you're talking to someone, brand new, meet, brand new meeting, so you're sitting there having a coffee or a drink or whatever, and then someone will say something, person A will say something slightly snarky about person B. And I find that it's almost like, oh, well, you know, there's that whole thing, the poppy syndrome, the tall poppy syndrome, apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, um, I know they make heroin from puppies, but that's a slightly different conversation for a different day. <laughs> but apparently, <laughs> apparently, um, thanks for kicking our, uh, our 700-pound camera, Leanne. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, so apparently what happens is a puppy, uh, if you've got a field of puppies, if one puppy, this is like a, am I saying it right? Poppy? P-O-P-P-Y? The flower, yeah. The flower, yeah. If one grows... If, a bit taller than the rest of them, then the other puppies will will drag that puppy down to the same level. And I don't know whether that's true or not, but the syndrome is puppy tall puppies top puppy syndrome. That's easy for me to say. Tall puppy syndrome is that if you're out with your partner or you meet a couple and one of them will pull the other one down to their level because they feel insecure. So for example, let's imagine um let's imagine a, an all male couple we meet and one of them works and one of them doesn't, then the person who doesn't work might 
want to pull down the person who works in terms of like the status of their work. They might want to go, oh, they're not that important because rather because they feel they're not elevating that status. Now you're the psychologist, so please, please just translate what I've just tried to say. No, I think I think I think you articulated very well, and I think what becomes clear. As, as an expert, is that you meet people who have these unresolved issues in terms of the why. And it becomes really difficult for people to not hide it, but manage it to a socially acceptable level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they've 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 not got they've not got the energy to do that. They've not they're not getting the energy from other aspects of their lives to do that. So you you see very clearly how things are strained. And I think if you are too in a strained relationship, that's going to reflect back on you and just have a bigger impact because you feel it, you empathize with it. Mm-hmm. You, it yeah. And I just think if you if you are looking to move abroad to solve issues within your relationship, and this is probably the only thing that I'd be like, no, is that. I'm sorry, but that isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. The strain you're going to put... It's like saying, our marriage is a bit rocky. Should we have a kid? Yes. Yeah, that'll fix it. Yes. No. You're about to put so much strain on every aspect of your life. It's going to be the least helpful thing to do for your relationship. Sort that shit out first and then move abroad. 100%. So let's just summarize. We're halfway through now. So let's just summarize where we're up to. So I think, and and chime in on the stuff I've forgotten, I think we're saying the number one is the how is more important. Sorry, the why is more important than the how and the where. Yes. Because if your why is wrong, it's not going to work out. And yes, I'm talking to you. And don't try and pretend that your why is okay. Oh, well, it'll be fine if we just get a bit of sun. No, it fucking won't. It won't, but let's put a positive spin on that. Okay. After a conversation <laughs> with Audrey T, Dr. Audrey. And if you're thinking like that, reframe it. So it's not a case of, oh, I'm having these these troubles, therefore moving abroad will work for me. Maybe think more, well, I'm having these troubles, so maybe I need to sit down and have a conversation with my partner about the frustrations that I'm feeling or the aspirations that I have, the unfulfilled dreams I have that are causing me frustration, that are causing me to take that out of my partner you know absolutely that's a much better way of putting it so i think that the key thing first of all in terms of the in terms of the why is make sure you're not running away from something because that will not be resolved by going to a different country unless something fundamental changes um secondly if you're moving abroad even even a single or partner or family just make sure that if we want to be corporate for a minute, the stakeholders, mm. i.e. the kids, oh, nice, or the, nice. yeah, thank you very much, the stakeholders are on board with this because if you are pushing for this change and they move and kids move to a different school and a partner comes with you and they don't want to do it, oh, man, I mean, I don't want to be a dick, but we have met a lot of people like that and it has not ended well. I think the reality is... Deciding to move abroad is one of the most disruptive decisions you can make to your Mm -hmm. life in every aspect of your life. So if you're not, if you're doing it as a couple, as a family, if you're not all behind it, if you're not all excited for it, if you're just like, fuck it, yeah, let's make it work, you're adding something else that's going to make it even more difficult. 
And yes, I'm sure there is the exception to the rule that 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 works out and it turns around. But you have to, I just think you all have to be, you have to all be in it. And if you're not, you need to accept that that's a challenge that you're going to have to face and try and overcome and might not resolve. Absolutely. And I think the third part of this is that you have to, sorry, you have to, I hate people who say that. It is important to consider, no, you have to consider, <laughs> that moving abroad is lonely. It is a lonely existence. You're moving to a place where likely they don't speak the same language. They might do. If you're moving to America or Australia, even though Australia is questionable, they don't speak the same language. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have Australian friends, and <laughs> my sister lives in New Zealand, so I feel like we can, we can be slightly anti 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 antipodi. Antipodi. That's difficult to say after a couple of gins. Um, but obviously, joking aside, you're moving to somewhere else. Um, you are going to be. You're going to be alone because. Why would the locals want to talk to you if you can't speak their language? Even if you can, there's a cultural difference. And even if you are perfect, let's say you move to Croatia, where we live right now. Let's say you're fluent in Croatian, your parents live in Croatia. Great. But you're still, it's still like moving to a different town in your home country. Because you still have to go and find friends. I mean, that's the other aspect, is that when you find people who speak the same language as you then it's almost like your pickiness as friends reduces massively. Oh, yes, my standards drop significantly. <laughs> so t talk a bit more about that, Leah. No, because I think, I think it's just you, when you have these language barriers and at times cultural barriers, you're, you're being the best version of yourself, you know? You, 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 you have to select certain conversations that are going to translate okay you need to make sure you're using words that aren't ever complicated or phrases that aren't ever complicated or too colloquial or too regional you have to be more mindful and conscious of, of of what you say and how you say it and whilst that is an amazing situation to be in because you learn so much about other people in their lives and their cultures and that's one of the great joys of traveling mm -hmm. that takes a lot of energy to do that and i think when you've been in a situation when you've been spending energy and making that effort when you suddenly stumble across somebody who you don't need to modify what you're saying you don't need to simplify anything you can just bleh. the the freedom that 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 mm -hmm. seems to bring yeah. Let's just talk for a second. So you're in your home country. And let's just say that you meet 10 new people a week, just to make the numbers easy. So you're meeting 520 people a year. Um, so that's through your kids, it's through work, it's through whatever. How many of those would you say right now? Just, just have a little think. How many of those would you say right now become friends? And then how many of those would you say become close friends? We're probably talking 1% become close friends. Over a year, you I doubt you'd add five five good new. If we're talking about 520 new people a year, I doubt you'd add five new people. Genuinely, I don't think I've added like a an inner circle good friend. For like 10 years. Now, there is a point to this. 
So now, so then you think, all right, well, let's say that 1% become friends and 0.1% become close friends. 520 people a year, five become friends, half of them, half a person, you're like half the top the, or the bottom. Half the friend. <laughs> my, my maths degree is kind of getting a little bit, fucking this up a little bit. But the point is that you're meeting 520 people a year in your home country who speak the same language, who generally have the same kind of opinions. They might be slightly more labor, they might be slightly more conservative, they might be slightly more religious, they might be this, they might be that. But generally, now imagine meeting one person a week, which is probably about average if you're an expat. You meet one new person a week. I think that's good. Yeah. Okay. So one new person a week. And don't forget our ratios. We said that 1% would become friends and 0.1% would be good friends. So one person a week is 52 people a year. 1% 1% would be friends, that's 0.52 of a person, <laughs> and then a close friend would be 0.052 of a person. So what, what you're really saying there is that once every two years you'll meet a friend, and once every, I think this is right, every 10 years you'll meet a close friend. Now just think about, yeah. and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm baffling a little bit maths here, <laughs> and my maths is, might be slightly awry because of the gin and tonic we had before, but my point is, you are not going to be exposed to as many people who are potential friends as, pos- as as you are in your home country, and you're going to end up being friends with people who you wouldn't be friends with in your home country. And I think, I, I, yeah, but I think that in itself brings a lot because you end up making pe- friends with people who do challenge you or not necessarily in your, you know, necessarily completely agree with you on all points. And I think you actually get a lot of value from those types of relationships. So I think actually in terms of enriching relationships, you you have a lot more of those in the next part. In terms of mm-hmm. close social support networks, maybe not so much. But I think this is just to bring it back to the why. If you're thinking, oh, I'm going to move abroad because I'm going to find my tribe, unless you have a really clear idea of who those people are and where you're going to find them, and if that's country specific, then no, probably not. <laughs> Because, you know, expats share a lot in common and have lots, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast before, the people we spoke to, the people we've interviewed. You share a lot of broad values and beliefs in common. But when you break that down, there's lots of nuances and it's not always that easy and straightforward. Um, but yeah, it is a risk. But let's let's flip it because I feel like I've been talking for a long time. Let's flip it to like the what are you running towards? What are the positive things that we ran towards and, and we found? I'm loving you keeping this on brand. So a minute like See 30, now. you're like, let's flip this and we're going to talk about what you're running towards. So <laughs> if you are still here and if you haven't just thrown yourself <laughs> off a fucking cliff. <laughs> and just, just, to, just to mention quickly, all of that was not to put you off. It's really mm-hmm. not. It's really not to put you off. It's to help you consider the questions that are important and the realities of it. And if you've listened to all that and gone, yep, fine, I'm cool with that, then okay, let's go. What are we running towards now? Do you know what? That's exactly, when I said, "Mm," it was exactly that. That was aimed, that was a filter. That was a little wall I've built for our listeners who, who went, oh, it's too hard. And they just turned around and went away. That's exactly what it is. I think that if you go, I understand all that. 
I get all that. I'm ex- I'm happy about all that, and I'm willing to accept all that. Then fucking welcome, <laughs> welcome to our world. That sounded really creepy, didn't it? Hello, welcome to our world. Um, but we don't we don't run a weird dogging cult here in Croatia. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> Working on it. That's something I didn't know was in Leanne's plans for 2022, but clearly I've learned. Um, We've got restrictions on the visa, so it's a bit difficult. <laughs> Anyway, so let's talk about what actually, once you get past that, imagine that as the test. Imagine that as the, I don't, I haven't seen any of the. Um, it's the red pill or the, or the, what is it? What's in matrix? Red pill or blue pill. Exactly. See, I was going to order a ring. That's the whole point of the why. Yes. Which pill are you going to take? Yes. Because the red pill is going to bring some serious shit. It is. And if you're ready for it, it's really cool. It is. And if you're not, it's going to destroy you. <laughs> So let's. So it's let's, true, though. It is. It's absolutely true. So let's talk about all the fucking amazing if things. You've, if you're still listening, you've taken the red pill. <laughs> Come in for the for the one listener. We <laughs> tell you what. We look at our stats here, and the drop off on this podcast is going to be pretty <laughs> fucking devastating. Anyway, so if if you're listening and you're like, yes, I'm up for this, then let us. It, we're going to let you into a secret in that it, this is extraordinary life this is an ex it's the perfect way to describe it it is an extraordinary life and i don't mean that in terms of like extraordinary i mean extraordinary it is mm-hmm. definitely it is it this this will be sorry our dog's whining i don't know what's going on is he has he seen a goat in the garden He's just taking or something? the red pill. <laughs> <laughs> you made me laugh right into the microphone there. Sorry, guys, if that peaked in your ears. Um, so if you are looking for this kind of life, then you are going to love it. If you're willing to put up with all of the downsides, then the upsides are incredible. For example, a few of them are driving through Montenegro, driving from Albania through uh, from Greece to Albania, seeing the island of Corfu popping over the um, um, over the horizon with the mist around it, uh, going to Laos and climbing up in in Luang Prabang, climbing up for six hundred and fifty thousand hours to the top of a thing to see the sunset. Oh my God, that was amazing! Being in Thailand, being in one of the most mo- most amazing Kaibei, I think is is one of our most amazing experiences. This is incredible, guys. And as long as you're aware of the downsides, then there are incredible upsides. I feel like I've gone slightly off tangent here and I've got a bit excited about Kaibei. <laughs> what are we talking about? The why. What are we running towards? You're running towards adventure. Yes. You're running towards the world. Seeing different places, different cultures. Amazing things that will genuinely, the number of times that we have found ourselves in a situation and been like, what is our fucking life? This is like, and it's moments like that that are just the biggest highs. I've not experienced highs like that until we started working and living abroad. I just just couldn't, like, on holidays, yes, you get a little taste of it. Of course you do, but it's not quite the same. And that is just the most wonderful thing to find yourself in situations, in places in the world and you think, if I hadn't have made this decision, I would not have had the privilege of this experience. And that's incredible. It's extraordinary. Well, I think that's it. I mean, you 
we lived on an island where there was no motor vehicles. It was all horse and cart. We lived in a place where the sunset was like the biggest, sorry, the biggest sunset in the world. It was the most beautiful. We lived in places where friends drop down. And, you, and if you're regular listening, you'll know I'm talking about friends drop in with a helicopter to pick you up. <laughs> we live in places where we are carried on the shoulders of street folk. No, we're not carrying the shoulders of street folk. But we're where um, in Spain, for example, Salamanca, where one of the most the most amazing ferry is in the world. That's like the kind of like the local sort of celebration, a week long celebration. Um, we have had the most I think it's com I'm confident to say that we have had all almost like ninety five percent of our best experiences in our lives in the last nine years of traveling. Yeah, without doubt. Without doubt. Yeah, and that's a huge why. You're running towards adventure. And I think an, an important part to me remember about that is that it is an adventure. And we've talked about this a lot before that it might have a time frame to it. It might be a year, it might be two, it might be 10, it might be 20. But it's being in the moment. I think that's what I enjoy about this life and a lot of people in... Instagram inspirational quotes and psychologists and the media or whoever else talks about mindfulness and being in the moment. But when you find yourself truly living in the moment, it's just that bubbly feeling in your tummy and it's that buzz around every every part of your body. And I have experienced more times of being in the moment since we've been traveling and I think that's a combination of and in terms as well what you're running towards better work-life balance not having the constraints of a corporate or nine to five let's be honest eight to eight job mm -hmm. um you you shake off convention you shake off the where I should be and what I should be doing and suddenly you can create the rules Drinking gin with Dutch people on the streets of Hanoi on tiny little stools. <laughs> Fucking hate Hanoi. <laughs> Until that, that cool. moment. That was cool. <laughs> um, there is, we were in um, in Laos, we, we got speaking to this guy who owned a bar who told, said there's a cucumber island. And that was an island in the Mekong, which just arrives for about five to six months of the year. And then it's washed away. And during those five, six months of the year, people build buildings on it and make cucumber salad and serve you beers for a quid um it's like being in beograd in belgrade and watching the sunset over a city that you've only seen on the news as being full of baddies um it's like <laughs> it's just as we said it's just being in greece and finding for your anniversary you're going to stay in a ho in, in a house with a pool and an entire barbecue shed where you walk in and the oh, show that's yeah. a good weekend. um <sighs> Honestly. Travel is a big thing. I think if you've got the travel bug, then yeah. this is a good way. But even if you don't, sure. and you go and you just say, I'm going to go and live in, I don't know, Montenegro or something, um, you're going to see stuff that you're never going to see. You'd never see if you lived mm -hmm. in Stockport or Adelaide or Kansas or somewhere like that. And you're just going to have the most amazing experiences. And oh my God, listener, I want to grab you by the ears, metaphorically, not literally. And tell that you, would yeah, they would, and tell you if you can get over the first twenty-eight minutes of this podcast, and you've gone fine, Alan Leanne, I am fine with that. I am cool. 
I want to go and travel, then fucking do it because it is just, you can tell how passionate I am about it. This, it just, it will ch- literally change your life. It is. It really does. But let me ask you then, let me turn interviewer on the, uh, on the owl. So the last couple of years, because of COVID, our travel has been significantly quashed. Mm-hmm. We've had our moments, but what? Why have we stuck with this life? Why haven't we just gone b- back to the UK? Why have we continued to live and work abroad when that that element that makes it so good and you're so passionate about has been taken away largely? Well, the first question to ask you in response to that is that why didn't you prep me on this question? Because it's more fun to hear you on the fly. <laughs> Do you know what it is? I think that I love waking up for two reasons. I love waking up and looking at the sunrise. Uh, I'm not an early riser, it's just it's winter. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it, it rises at seven in the morning. <laughs> um, so I wake up, I look at the sunrise, I look up a cup of coffee, and I just think this is the most beautiful place where we live. But also, the second part of me goes, I know this is going to end in May. And it's currently January. It's going to end in 90 days. Where are we going to go next? So for me, going back to the UK is not a question of, I don't want to go back, even though I actually don't. It's not about necessarily the UK, even though actually in my mind it is. (laughs) But it's more about, oh my God, the experiences. Like I'm turning 45 this year. I've probably got a 20 good years left in me and then some time of sitting in the sunshine window looking out and eating porridge um in those 20 years what can you see for fuck's sake we've we've been to almost every country in europe but we've only been to it you can't go to a country and say oh i've done lithuania because i went to vilnius and three other places in lockdown in lockdown (laughs) (laughs) just think of the opportunities imagine this as just like a choose your own adventure again. Those who are in the 20s won't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Choose your own adventure where you can literally go, okay, do you want to go to page 21, page 25, or page 28? And you've just got all these infinite adventures in front of you. And it it gets my tail wagging, yeah. it tickles my pickle, the fact that you can wake up and go, do you know what? In six months' time, I don't have a clue where I'm going to be. Six months, three months. We used to live life for next week. We didn't know we were going to be. But I think that's the thing. What you're running towards, if you want spontaneity, if you want adventure, if you want experiences, if you want to be pushed out of your comfort zone, if you're running towards just something different, not necessarily better or worse, just different, Mm -hmm. then run, my friend, run. To a forest gum. Exactly. Because it's incredible. Yeah. I hope that the the slightly cheesy emotion that Leanne and I have just exhibited there has come across on this. Because we are genuinely delighted with every single dawn. Because it just offers these endless possibilities. And we implore those of you who've got past the first 23, 24 minutes of us shitting on your dreams. <laughs> we implore you to take, to embrace this life. We implore you to do this. because And don't leave it till you're retired. Do it now. Do it now. 
Right. Okay. I think we ought to wrap it up because we're on about 40 odd minutes. I feel now. like I've been here a long time. My ass has got slightly numb from the stool. <laughs> We've got this new podcast studio, which is great. I say studio, it's a table with our microphones nailed to it. Um, but uh, it's not quite as comfortable sitting upstairs. Um, anyway, so couple of things to be aware of. First of all is that we have part two and part three coming up next week and the week after. Part two is the how, as in how you make money, how you actually do these things. And then finally and intentionally, part three is where, where you go. And that should be your last, your very last decision. Um, and so don't be, don't, don't start with that. Secondly, um, we're toying around with an idea of creating some kind of challenge. Uh, it'll be some kind of paid challenge. You pay a small amount of money and then over like 90 days or 50 days or whatever we think is reasonable, um, then we'll work with a small number of people and say, right, we'll help you to change your life and move abroad. If that's something you're interested in, then um, do you know what? You know how to get in touch. Go onto Instagram, search for Sideways Life, send us a DM. If you're on email, go to our sidewayslife at gmail.com. Send us an email. Um, if you are in the 1600s, send us a, a bird with a note. What do they call those birds they had in Game of Thrones? A pigeon or raven or something. Or a raven, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I'd be impressed with that. Do you know what? You get it for free. If a raven arrives at our door <laughs> with your email address, then we will give you this for free. But just let us know because it might be a shit idea. But we'd be interested. Yes. So, any final thoughts, lovely Leah? Final thoughts. Ask yourself why. What are you running away from? What are you running towards? Write them down. If you're running towards outweighs you're running away from, do it. If it's the other way around, think, what can you resolve? And and then, fuck it, right? Fuck it. Get that tattooed on the inside of your wrist. Actually, that's probably quite painful. Get it, tat get it written on a piece of paper and sellotape it to the inside of your wrist. Fuck it. <laughs> At the end of the day, when we, in the first like five years of us being abroad, we were like, if it all goes wrong, we'll just get in the car and drive for three days and we're back in the UK. And that's the thing. Like, we'll chat about what makes a sustainable expat life and blah, blah, blah. And of course, if you're about to blow up your entire life, then maybe not. But if it turns into a six month adventure, a 12 month adventure, fucking do it. It's a great story, it's an experience. It's a chapter in your book, and don't let your ego. It's a chapter in your book. Don't let your ego go. In fact, this is probably good good advice. Don't say I am leaving the UK forever, or I'm leaving Australia, or I'm leaving wherever your home country is. Don't say that. Just say I'm going for adventure. Because then, if it if if it gets nine months in, you hate it. You can go back and go, oh, it was great adventure. Whereas the second you say I am leaving and never coming back, you have kind of backed yourself into a corner. But also, who does that? Oh, I don't know. Like, I think not, I might have done that. But I mean, in any decisions, like, this is my job for life. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm going to live forever. No, it's where I'm going to live for now. As long as it makes me happy and it works for me. Mm -hmm. It's the same with moving abroad or going traveling. I'm going to do it for as long <laughs> as I'm happy and it works for me. <laughs> and that's the same when people, and we talked about actually this on an episode in Podmas, like those questions you get. How long is it going to last? Will you ever mm -hmm. come back? I don't fucking know. You know, when when are you going to move jobs? When are you going to leave your husband and marry that woman you've been obsessed with Nothing. for 20 years? <laughs> you, I don't know. Just, yeah. Take Absolutely. it seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Oh, listen to the psychologist. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Talking psychologists there, uh, just very briefly, uh, last week we had the amazing Dr. Audrey T, 
who's on most of the socials at Dr. Audrey T. If you're not sure, go back to episode 64 and listen to her perfect and amazing podcast. There's something she does called Vitals, I think. Is that her Yeah, uh, and I think we should probably look at that maybe next week. So we will look at that next week. And Vitals is an acronym or a post-nominal or a psychological I don't phenomena. Really, phenomena. <laughs> um, but basically, it stands for things, is what I'm trying to say. Initialism, I think, is probably the right word. Um, so, and that will really help. So, if you like this, I think you are going to fall head over and heels in love with episode two of this little mini series, which will be episode 65, 66, possibly, where we talk about the how. So, have we covered everything today? Lovely Lena. I think so. Again, I feel like I've been here a long time. My ass is numb. Our uh, our SD card is almost full. Let's call it a day. Bye. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.